You Found Health Dose, a conversational podcast that talks about issues that surround your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today we're talking about managing dizziness and imbalance. Catherine Dush is a physical therapist with My Michigan Health who specializes in treating vestibular and balance dysfunction. Physical and occupational therapies have been shown to improve a patient's balance and reduce dizziness. The incidence and risk of falling can be managed by both restoration and compensation of balance or dizziness deficits. Health Dose asked Catherine, what is the physiology behind dizziness? There's quite a few factors that can cause somebody to feel very dizzy. One of the most common ones, specifically in the older population, is what they call benign proxismal positional vertigo. And that is where, I know, Gesundheit, right? Yeah, it's a really? long, It's a long name. It has to do with, in our inner ear, we have stones and crystals that sit in a little compartment. And next door to that compartment is our three hula hoops that are filled with fluid. Now, as we age, sometimes the water content, and there's different theories out there of why those stones don't stay put in that compartment. And we go to, say, bend down to pick something up off the floor, or we look up into an overhead shelf, and all of a sudden the room will start to spin. So that is one of the, the more common causes that we see in the older adult population is what they call that positional vertigo. But again, there could be a, a variety of reasons of why somebody could be dizzy. In the younger population, a lot of times we'll see it with concussion or head injury or whiplash because the brain provides a lot of coordination and feedback of all those other mechanisms like the eyes and the inner ear that help us feel grounded in our environment. Mm -hmm. And then there's other causes like blood pressure. There's been instances where if somebody has an issue that's more related to a cardiovascular issue, so say their heart rate isn't up high enough to be able to, or it's too low or too high, that can cause somebody to be dizzy. Same thing with blood pressure. We always like to check for blood pressure in the clinic because that can make somebody feel lightheaded, off balance. So it's kind of fun in the sense of you have to play detective to kind of figure out those pieces. And usually when somebody comes in and they're dizzy, it's it's a team approach. We've got the physicians that are doing some of the screening for the serious, more serious stuff. And then by the time they come to the physical therapy, we're able to check some of the other things like for positional vertigo and we look at overall balance. I get blood pressure and I get like a trauma, like a concussion or something like that. But when you start talking about the hula hoops and the stones and the crystals. Is that a function of aging or is that a function of trauma in the inner ear that causes the malfunction of those hula hoops and, and stones <laughs> and crystals? And I'm trying really not, hard not to make that sound funny, but, but, that, right. but that, is, that is the way you look at them. That's probably the easiest way to describe it because most of us have all seen what a hula hoop looks like. And if you think about a hula hoop filled with fluid, you tip the hula hoop and all of a sudden there's this rush that you see of that fluid in the hula hoop. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's the easiest way to describe it. Normal function of the inner ear. So you, you go in through the ear canal. Everybody's familiar with that. And you've got the eardrum. Mm -hmm. And then right next to the eardrum, you have more of that. They call it the inner ear where there's the technical term for it is semicircular canals. So again, there are three hula hoops that are filled with fluid and they have a nerve ending on the end of them. And normal function for all of us, completely healthy individuals, is it provides the brain feedback of where our head is in space, particular angular movement. So the, the looking up, the looking down, I'm looking left and right. Mm -hmm. Those little hula hoops are designed to send that information to the brain 
And then also coordinate with eye movement as well, too. So when everything is in sync, it works wonderful. And then if something goes wrong with those hula hoops or the wiring in the inner ear, the nerves, it's almost like a video camera. I don't know if you remember like the VHS tapes of, you know, you go to the, the birthday party and dad's walking around with the video camera and it's like the video camera is bouncing cam, around. Shaky used to call it. Yeah. yeah. So when that inner ear and the eyes are not on the same page or the brain has trouble coordinating that, we take it for granted. But sometimes when you're dizzy, that's what those folks are seeing is things are not real steady when they look at them or they turn their head too quickly and things blur. So it's kind of a fascinating thing. That little inner ear, it's about the size of your, someone once told me it's the size of your nail on your pinky finger, that little gyroscope. So, and then of course we've got the hula hoops, but then you've got two other compartments next door and they have the stones that sit in them and they sit in like a jelly-like substance and the nerve endings are on the bottom and they pick up on linear movement. So if you're riding in an elevator and your head is completely still, those nerve endings are firing and telling the brain, hey, I'm going up and down. Or the other scenario is in a car. If I'm looking straight ahead while I'm driving in the car, you can sense that forward and backward movement even though you're not moving your head. So it's all these little subtle things that pick up on that information and then it coordinates with eye movement and that's kind of how sometimes people can feel unbalanced or have trouble orienting themselves to where they are in space in their environment and they feel off. But that discrepancy between what your ear feels and what your eye sees, isn't that like the basis for car sickness and seasickness? Yes. You're getting the wrong feedback from your eyes and your head is telling you you're moving, but your eyes may not be seeing it, which is why you have people Correct. look at the horizon. Correct. And that's a prime example of how the brain and that inner ear and those eyes all work together. Now, some folks in general, we all have different thermostats, different thermostats for tolerance of pain. Some people are more motion sensitive than others, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But those are the folks that sometimes it's a little bit harder go when they go on that cruise for everything. If they're real sensitive to motion, they need sometimes that extra visual feedback to feel better about where they are in space. If sometimes that inner ear or things are just more sensitive to movement, then you got to go to what the eyes are telling you so that you feel more grounded. You can see the environment and your brain goes, oh, okay, I understand that. I got a better sense of it. And of course, the real concern about balance and dizziness particularly in the elderly, is prevention of falls. Falls are really a bad thing. I can't tell you the number of people who've told me they have an elderly relative that fell. Yeah. They, you know, they had, had a fall. Those instances can lead to bigger problems down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And balance is almost like a separate category. We've got vertigo and things with the inner ear. And that sometimes that's just one piece of the puzzle. So when you're looking at balance... Again, this is oversimplification, but sometimes I think of it in terms of like three areas. You've got your body is taking in information, then your brain has to do something with that information, come up with a plan, coordinate all the parts, and then it spits out an, an action plan. So when you look at balance, that inner ear is part of it, but you also want to look at strength, reaction time, being able to look at coordination. If somebody's coordinating their limbs in order to be able to walk, are there visual deficits? We can't see where we're going or if it's a dark room and we've got loose rugs on the floor. You know, there can be environmental things. So when it comes to balance, that inner ear is a crucial part, but there's so many other pieces too that come into consideration when you're looking at somebody's balance. We've done pieces on falling and it 
comes down to other than the balance and business, pets, loose stuff, yeah. and lighting. Yeah, yeah. You know, those will get you. Those are the three things. And as a physical therapist, is your role more working with the inner ear or with the body? When I think of physical therapy, I think about strength and working on the core. All of it. All of it. All of it. Mm -hmm. The vertigo piece is sometimes a little bit more of a specialized skill set. We get some of that in school. But when you're going in the realm of physical therapy, everybody can be looking at the different parts of balance, whether, yes, it is strength. We want to address that flexibility, coordination, reaction time, all of those pieces Mm -hmm. we take a look at when we're looking at balance. And what's the term that you have the passion for? It has the word. Oh, uh, vestibular disorders. Vestibular. What does vestibular mean? Vestibular refers to the, the mechanism of the inner ear, the vestibular system. So what's your role as a physical therapist in treating dizziness? When somebody comes through the door and they say that I'm dizzy, my goal is to help figure out where that dizziness is coming from in that group setting of working with the physician and that team approach to address if it is an inner ear issue, what type of an inner ear issue is it, and then look at the balance piece as well, too. How does that fit into the whole picture? Mm-hmm. So what's the strength look like? What's the balance overall looking like? Can they coordinate movements? So you'll get somebody into the physical therapy area, and, and what typically will you do during the evaluation with the patient to kind of suss out what part of it is in play? The subjective portion when the patient comes in is huge. Being able to really take that time and kind of hear from them what their symptoms are like And then from there, kind of based on some of that subjective information, we go into looking at like taking a blood pressure. We'll look at heart rate. We'll check strength. We'll check overall balance. We'll go into an assessment of the inner ear if it seems like some of that is sounding more inner ear or vestibular related. We check sensation. All of those pieces, it just kind of depends on what the patient presents with and where we're hearing some of those concerns. And then looking at the physician's notes as well, too, again, because they're part of that huge role. Another part in particular that's unique to our clinic at 304 and then at the hospital in Alma is we have a piece of equipment called the Neurocom or the Balance Master. And the Neurocom, I call it Disney World Midland version. (laughs) It's a booth. It's a platform that the patient stands on. And the floor moves, the surround moves, and we're able to go through like a testing battery to see where some of the deficits are in terms of somebody's balance. So are they able to use accurate visual information? Are they able to sense what's going on underneath their feet if something is starting to move or they feel unsteady? So that Neurocom is a wonderful piece of equipment that helps us pick up on some very subtle information via a force plate that's hooked up to the computer system. And certain amount of sway is normal. We all have to have a certain amount of sway in order to keep our balance. Mm -hmm. It's when that sway becomes abnormal where we start to be at risk for falls. So that's kind of how that machine takes in some of that information as it looks at sway, it looks at height, it looks at age, allows us to compare it to normative data of somebody this age should be do this well with this and where do they fall into that category? Are they high risk for falls? It also looks at reaction time. We have a couple different tests for how well can somebody 
maintain their balance if they've been bumped or something like that. Now, again, you're in a harness. It's a, oh, okay. you're, you're so, in a secure harness. You're not going anywhere. So but Catherine doesn't sneak up behind me and hip check uh, me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So what does typical treatment look like? Physical therapy for me always comes down to exercise or, or doing some kind of occupational thing to practice life in a laboratory with somebody who can break down what's going on. What does your treatment look like? If we're talking about vestibular disorders, once we kind of figure out if it's coming from the inner ear, we do some exercises with eyes and movement of the head to be able to kind of get that system back on board and the eyes and the inner ear talking to each other through way of the brain. Mm -hmm. And then we start to implement those movements as they start to feel better things aren't blurring or moving around and they feel more steady, they're less dizzy, they're less nauseous, then we're able to integrate that into some of the overall balance activities. We'll include a little bit of strengthening with that as well. It just kind of depends on what the patient needs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we break it down. We start with eye movements, head movements, integrating those things into busier visual environments, more lifelike environments once they can tolerate it, and then eventually back into the day-to-day type activities. How important is core strength in this whole equation? I think it plays an integral role because in part, when we look at balance, core strength does influence stability through the hip and the trunk when we try to maintain our balance. So if we don't have the strength that's there, that definitely can become an issue if we start to lose our balance. Mm -hmm. To have that coordination and strength from the core, from the hips, If we start to lose our balance, there's three types of strategies that our body will tend to go towards automatically. If it's a smaller little bump or nudge, we tend to kind of move or sway a little bit from the ankles. Sometimes if it's a bigger bump, we start to move more from the hips and the ankles to try to catch ourselves and stay upright. The third strategy that we use if we start to lose our balance is called a stepping strategy, where if I've had too much of a, a bump or whatnot and I can't correct or right myself Fast enough, I end up putting my hand out or my foot out to try to kind of stabilize myself. It depends on kind of where the mechanism of the fall. But for hip strategy, core strength is an important part. Of course, all of that is for naught if the business in your inner ear isn't working correctly. Correct. You got to, yeah, if if one part is completely off, we got to start there first and then, then slowly integrate those other pieces. How quickly does one see results when they're working with a physical therapist on their dizziness and balance issues? It depends upon the issue. So if we're looking at positional vertigo, that's my favorite, absolute favorite, is because they come in, they say the room is spinning. If they look up and it lasts about 30 seconds to a minute, no other symptoms. Now, again, it's awful for them. I feel awful for them. It's We want to get rid of it as quick as possible. But I get excited in the fact that with positional vertigo, once you figure out what canal of the ear is affected, you can jump right away into treatment where you move the head in a certain position, you have them roll over, sit up, whatever it is, and it goes away right there on the spot. It's, oh, there are very few things in life that it's you, you do something very quickly and it's gone. So you, you move their head around in different positions and rattle those stones loose? We put them back in the compartment from which they came. No kidding. Mm -hmm. And it's that dramatic in some cases. Mm -hmm. But that's a very specific kind of dizziness. Yeah. Yep. That's very specific for that positional type vertigo. Do you have any patient experiences that you can share? I've treated an individual one time that their main complaint was they went to the hairdresser and they put their head back in the tank to have their hair washed. And all of a sudden the room began to spin and they felt awful, like they were going to puke. And it lasted 
you know, they felt that initial dizziness and spinning didn't last very long, but then they were pretty sick and nauseous the rest of the day and couldn't drive home from the hairdresser. Mm -hmm. So they contacted their physician. They checked out for all the other important things as well, too, making sure it's not anything cardiovascular or stroke-related. They came up with the diagnosis of positional vertigo. Mm -hmm. Then they wound up in our clinic, and we were able to sit down, and she was telling me which movements were bothering her and which said, oh, if I look up to my left, the room starts to spin. And I said, okay, <laughs> unfortunately, I need you to lay down with looking up to the left so we can check it out. And sure enough, she laid back, the room began to spin. And once that spinning settles, she's already in the first position to be able to treat that vertigo and get rid of it. There's different maneuvers out there. One of the common ones is the Epley maneuver or the Canalith repositioning maneuver. Mm -hmm. And so so we had her lay back, and we turned the head, and I had her roll over with her nose down towards the floor into her armpit, and we sat up, and it was gone. Really? It's fun to treat because it goes away on the right, spot. Right, what, what percentage of patients that you see do you get that kind of reward instantly? With positional vertigo, it's now a knock on wood. You, usually it's one or two sessions, and mm. folks are feeling great. Mm. And it's a matter of just being able to do that little maneuver a couple times or show the patient how to do it if it's appropriate to be able to have them do it at home. In that case, it's very satisfying. <laughs> you can help somebody that quick. Are there preventative measures that I can take to avoid dizziness or to maintain my balance and my balance health? <laughs> I would say, you know, you stick with the basics. So, you know, make sure you get good sleep, stay hydrated. There is a correlation in the research to vitamin D deficiency and that positional type vertigo. <laughs> So take your multivitamin, make sure you get good sleep, make sure you exercise, keep your strength up, flexibility up, just kind of the basics. Take good care of your health. That's only going to help in that process. What was your motivation and what was your pathway to getting certified and, and to doing the work that it takes to do all of the stuff? After getting hooked on helping folks with positional type vertigo, you begin learning about the other pieces of the inner ear and how they play a role in that overall system. And then you kind of get sucked in. You're like, oh, this is fascinating. I want to learn more. So I ended up taking some certification courses through the American Institute of Balance in concussion and then vestibular disorders. And then they have another specialized course that looks at other comorbidities, such as issues that sometimes come up with Parkinson's and how the inner ear functions. And they look at some different higher level disorders and how that affects the inner ear. So I just kind of got sucked into the anatomy and physiology of how that all works and then how that falls into play with how somebody functions in their day-to-day -day life. It's a fascinating topic. And tell me about your certifications and how do you acquire those? It was through both in-person training and coursework. Again, through the American Institute of Balance, I took some, they pretty much gave me six months of material to kind of go through, take like online courses, and then you go in person for about a week mm -hmm. and four or five days. And so then you go in and you get tested for the skills of being able to do some of the treatments and maneuvers. And then you go in and take a test and make sure that you know your stuff. So I went through a couple of those different courses through that particular group. It's wonderful. It's a group that includes audiologists. We had physicians in the audience that were going through it. They have PTOT, Physical and therapy, occupational therapy. And audiology mm -hmm. were quite a few folks that were part of that program and that they market to. 
When do I know that I need to see a doctor or a physical therapist about my balance issues? If you're starting to notice that it's beginning to interfere with everyday life, so if you're starting to notice that in regards to balance, you go to get up in the morning, you don't feel steady, or you find that in the shower, you don't quite feel so steady washing your hair. Sometimes folks have to close their eyes really quick if they're rinsing their hair and they don't feel quite steady or start to tip or tilt. If they notice that they're having more trouble with steps or just not as steady on their feet, that would be a good indication to maybe get that checked out before it leads to a fall. What's the reason that you enjoy what you do so much? What's your passion with helping patients overcome their balance issues? It's really awesome in the sense of, particularly for me, positional vertigo. After learning about that and seeing how quickly you can impact somebody's quality of life and their safety with just a quick little maneuver, I was hooked. And then the rest kind of followed. So it's very rewarding to see somebody feeling better, getting back to the everyday activities without having fear of going to the dentist, you know, to be able to lay back in the chair and not be afraid to go and keep going with life. That is physical therapist Catherine Dush, DPT. Catherine treats patients at My Michigan Rehabilitation Services located at 304 West Wackerly in Midland. For more information about these services, go to mymichigan.org slash rehab or call Central Scheduling to make an appointment at 989-488-5823. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to mymichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thanks again for listening. Check back again soon for our next episode of Health Dose.